0: Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, guest speaker Billy Shiver concludes the series, Superhero. Billy shares about some of the common idols that we place in our life. He points out that an idol is anything that we place more value on than Jesus. Well, good morning. Welcome to Connection Church. Is that cool or what? With the 59, 58 names that have came from death to life. I don't think y'all understand what we're saying. 58 people were dead in their trespasses and sins and now are alive in Christ. I (laughs) think seriously That, that, like John said, that is every, that is why we do everything that we do. That's why, you know, you see all these people in blue shirts, you see all our, I call them home Depot workers, but all our orange shirts and, and our kids' ministry, that's exactly why we do everything we do, is, is we love to see people go from dead in their trespasses and sins to alive in Christ. And man, I'm so pumped about what God's laid on my heart to speak with you guys this morning, and I'm humbled that God would even consider to use somebody like me to, to do this. But before I get started, I want to share um, two announcements with you guys. Uh, I think they already said at one time, but next week we're doing our service day and it's something that we really love doing. We do it twice a year and it's just an opportunity for us to go out into the community and be a tangible expression of God's love. For people in need. And, and what we do is we take the whole congregation that comes on a Sunday and we go out into the community with a bunch of different projects. And basically it gives us that opportunity to show people God's love, not just, Hey dude, i pray for you. Da da, da. It's like, no, we care about you. We're going to invest our time and our energy to show you what God's done in our life through a tangible expression to you. So really next week, nine o'clock be here. We're going to go out. It's going to be awesome. Please. You're not going to want to miss that. And then the next announcement is something that has probably been the most influential and impactful thing in my life. And I I think it's one of the greatest things we do here, just in my equipping to do what I do. And we call it secret church. Um, and it comes from an idea of a pastor in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, he actually got the opportunity to go over to, um, China, the persecuted church where, you know, they don't have the opportunity to come into a huge auditorium and building like this. And, um and worship god openly they actually have to sneak into a building because if they're caught i mean they can be put in jail and not only put in jail but killed and so that's where it comes from and he he goes into this place and he's he's speaking with these people and he tells them he he teaches i think he teaches a book of the bible maybe like the book of john tells them about who jesus is he gets to the end and one of them raises their hand in the back and he's like sir will will you teach us the whole new testament And and he's like, yeah, I guess. So they come back tomorrow. So they go through the whole new Testament. They get through with the new Testament. Another person raises their hand in the back and, and asks the question, can you teach us the whole Bible? And so in a week, this guy gets to teach the whole book of the Bible to these people. So that's where it comes. So it's a very intense time of equipping. Um, it starts at seven and it goes to midnight. I'm not trying to scare y'all away It is an awesome time to learn and our topic's going to be angels demons and spiritual warfare Um, so it'll be a great time to learn what the bible has to say about angels about demons and about spiritual warfare of Of that going on in our life So that'll be friday night this coming friday at seven o'clock at the white house, which is bisonic on south main street um, please come out and join us. We'd love and um the booklets, the notes booklets, are five dollars. So just bring five dollars for the notes booklet. I promise you'll want that. He talks really fast. Um, all right, so we're, we're finishing up this series on superhero um, this morning, and as I was just praying about where God would lead me through His Scripture and through His Word to share, um, He really just laid something on my heart about defining what a superhero was, and and you know and I felt like he spoke clearly in my heart, and, and he said, a superhero is what we put the weight of our life on. It's what we build the foundation of our life upon. Think about it like this. Lois Lane, she, the weight of her life is dependent upon Superman. Gotham City, I mean, the, the weight of the lives of the people in Gotham City is on Batman, and, and it really begs the question of like, why are we so drawn to these superhero movies? Because obviously box office sales will tell us we're very drawn to superhero movies. I think there was tons of million dollars that they had made over the thing. And I was just like, why, God, are we so drawn to these superhero movies? And that's really the question that I want to kind of answer this morning is that each and every one of us was created with a longing and a desire to be dependent on something. To, to build the foundation of our life upon something. And I mean, if you just think about it in this way, think about how addiction rates are just through the roof and how easy it is for us to become, even in my own life, these things that I become addicted to. I mean, there's tons of things. We just have addictive personalities, right? I mean, think about it. I know a ton of college students that are addicted to Xbox. I mean, you take their Xbox away, they'll cry their eyes out. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I know a ton of, of people that are addicted to, you know, their girlfriend or boyfriend or or may, and even from a different perspective, a ton of people that may be addicted to reading the Bible and forgetting who Jesus is and the study of Jesus and making much of Jesus, but they just want to learn as much as they can about the Bible and not even show it to anybody else. So there's a ton of different things, but we're created to be addicted to something And, and that's kind of where I want to go. So I'll go ahead and give you everything that I'm coming with. Uh, The first point I want to start off with is that we all worship something. We're all religious people because we all worship something. And then I want to talk about how to determine what the object of our worship is. And then I want to end it with why the object of our worship needs to be Jesus. So that's where I'm going. Um, And I'm going to use Acts 17. So if you have your Bible, I hope you do. Um, Turn to Acts 17 and I'm going to pray for us and we'll get started. Lord God. God, we love you. God, we thank you for the work that you're doing in this place. God, I thank you for each and every one of these people who you've um, brought this morning, God, to share in your word. God, I pray right now, God, that you would, um, God, change lives, change hearts. Um, Lord, would you bring your word in full power and full conviction of the Holy Spirit, God, to just speak into our lives. Lord, I pray right now that we would make this time personal. God, we would not be Focused on the person to our right or to our left, God, but we would be focused on you and what you want to speak to our heart, God. So, Lord, we just love you, God, and we thank you for the work that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 17. Um, Let me catch you up on the context of where we're at. So, there's this guy named Paul. Paul is a missionary, but before Paul was a missionary, his name was Saul not to get too complicated, but his name was Saul and he persecuted Christians. So he hated the Christian church. And then he had this experience with God where God came and it was called the road of Damascus experience. He had this experience with God and God changed his whole life. And he went from a person who killed and persecuted the church of Jesus Christ to a person who loved the church of Jesus Christ. And everything he did was planting churches and he became One of the greatest missionaries that the world has ever seen. And actually, he wrote almost 60% of the New Testament. And um, we pick up with his second missionary journey in Acts, and he comes into um, this town called Athens. And if you know anything about Athens, not like Go Dogs Athens, but Athens, Greece. And he comes um, into this town of Athens where they are very, very zealous for um, philosophy. for the country folk. They love intelligence and they love, um, new ideas and the newest thing. They, they love understanding what those types of things is. And he comes in and Paul sits down. It says in the first of act 17, that he, his spirit inside of him is provoked because he sees that it is a city full of idols. And he comes in and, and he tells them a little bit about Jesus and um, they bring to this place called the Areopagus is where we're going to pick up. And the Areopagus basically is just a prime time main platform where they would bring people to defend the philosophy or um, whatever they were teaching about. So that's where we pick up in verse 22, um, Acts 17. So let's read it. Here's what he says. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. and everything. All right. So this is where I want to go in verse 22. Here's what he says. Men of Athens, this is Paul speaking. He says, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. So the first thing I want us to see is that we are all religious people. You know, we may not worship. Um, cause when we all think, we all have misconstrued ideas of what worship is, including myself, we think of worship as we come to a service, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. That's enjoyable. Um, we come to a service and, and we sing songs and we listen to a sermon and that's what worship is. And, and that is not what the Bible teaches. Worship is worship, um, is what we build our life upon. It's what we Romans 12 would say, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So it is what we sacrifice our time, our energy, everything we do for it's what we build our life upon. It's what we put the most value upon in our life. Think about it like this. It's what If somebody, if it were taken out of your life, it would completely devastate you. And, and think about it, um, from that aspect. And, and so the question really we get down to is, it's not, are you a worshiper? The question is more is who or what are you worshiping? And, and that's where I'm heading in in the direction this morning. And and to use that, I want to go to Romans. Um, let's go to Romans chapter one, um, Verses, let's start in verse 25. And this is what Paul tells the Romans. He says, Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to their dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. So we see Paul at the the first part of this thing. He says that they've exchanged the truth for a lie, and that they've worshipped the created rather than the creator. Creator being God, obviously created being anything other than God. So what I want us to see is that we all worship something, and the question is, are we worshiping the creator or the created? And, and that can go a ton of different directions um, in our own life. And, and he uses an example. He goes in and he talks about um, really the idolatry of, of sex and sexual relations and all this stuff. And I want to use an example to kind of get us on the same page is this idea of idolatry, which just means we give our worship to anything other than something or someone other than the God of the Bible. So when you say idolatry, that's what I mean when I'm saying that. And when we think of idolatry, we think of the old Testament, like, okay, Moses came down the mountain. He sees these people like all crowded around a golden calf and they're all just praying and doing what they do around the golden calf. And I would begin to guess that 99% of you guys have never seen, uh, a golden calf or, or somebody worshiping a golden calf, um, just around campus or around Statesboro. So when we think of idolatry, let me put it in this way for you. Um, and I heard this off a pastor, so I'm gonna rip it off of him. Um, but he says this girl comes up to him after he, he gets through teaching of on basically relationships. And and what she tells him is she comes up to him and she says, you know, I I love your teaching. I love this church. I love what you're saying. He says, but you know, me and my boyfriend have been dating for a long time and I, I really love him. And, and we both, we, we, we're living together. And I mean, we're adults, so it's consensual. So we've been sleeping together. And, um, and, and he kind of backs up a little bit and, and this is how he responds. He says, think about it in this way. The bed in which you live at your house on is an altar to a pagan God. Your boyfriend is a pagan priest and every night when you go home to this boyfriend of yours, you lay your body, you present your body as a sacrifice upon your object of worship, which is your boyfriend. And that probably hit me more than anything in the, in the world has ever hit me. And I'm not just saying from a girlfriend-boyfriend perspective, but what is that in your life? What, what do you sacrifice all your time for? What do you present your bodies to every day? Um, what do you build your life around. Um, So ultimately what I want you to see is our problem is not a sin problem. Our problem is a worship problem because when we fall into sin, what we say is, is God, I know you're good. I know you died on the cross for me. I know you did all this for me, but this is more attractive to me. So I'm going to turn my back on you and I'm going to follow this. So, so that's what I want us to see is it's not a sin problem that we're working with. It's a worship problem. And what we worship, we'll sacrifice our time for. What we worship, we'll get up early in the morning for. What we worship, it'll keep us up late at night. Um, so which brings me to my second question, um, just to make it a little more practical and tangible. Hopefully I haven't lost you. Um, so how do we know what we worship, right? That's a great question. And, and I got a couple of things that I want you to just And I'm not saying this like I don't do this. This is something that's very personal to me and that I have to take myself through this checklist a lot to see what the object of my worship is. The first thing is we follow our time. Second thing is we follow our energy. The third thing is that we follow our money. And I'm gonna come back and give an example of each of these. So right fast. Um, Follow our time, our energy, our money. And then the last one is Group Three together, follow our burdens, our prayers, and our questions. All right, so let me make this real for you. So, what I say when I mean, how do I know what I worship? I follow my time. All right, just give you a day when I was in high school, um, I really enjoy playing sports if you don 't know anything about me um, I, I really enjoy all kinds of sports, except for soccer and some other ones that i 'm not good at um, and so if you go through a day in my life basically And I'll take you to the off season Because here's what happened So I'd, I'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning I'd meet my head football coach in the gym And I'd work out And then I'd go home I'd get breakfast, drink a protein drink Because in order to play football you have to be strong You have to gain weight And I'd go to school because in order to play football You've got to go to school So I'd go to school I'd leave I'd leave school And I'd go get something to eat And then I'd go work out again. Me and one of my best friends, we'd go and we'd we'd work out in the gym. I'd leave that and we'd go to the field where I'd do speed and agility drills. Because in order to play football, you got to be big, you got to be strong, you got to be fast, right? So all that stuff, I'm doing that. And then I'd maybe stop by church on the way home. And then I'd lay down, I'd I'd go to bed and I'd probably drink another protein shake and go to bed. So as you can see, all my time and everything I did was devoted to this one thing. Now I know what you're thinking. I'm not saying that football is a bad thing. Here's what I'm saying. Good things can become bad things when they're placed in the wrong order in our life. And, and good things can become bad things when they, they exist in the wrong priority in our life. So that's, that's number one, follow our time. And as I say these, put yourself in, in my shoes and, and follow your own time to see what this is. Um, and the next one is you follow your energy. Okay. So another story, uh, let me preface this with, I'm not uh, diminishing, um, this girl in any kind of way. So I dated a girl for four and a half years, um, through college. And if you followed my energy throughout my days, most of the time it would lead to her because I spent all my energy. I woke up in the morning, i text her, I went to bed at night, i talked to her on the phone. All throughout the day I'm texting her and doing all this stuff because when she's happy, ultimately I was happy. So y- you see this idea of like all my energy and everything I did was devoted to her. So as you, if you followed my energy, it would lead you to her. You followed my time, it would lead you to her. She was the object of my worship. And think about it like this, all these people you see out in blue shirts... They devote their time and their energy to come here every morning before church or every Sunday before church. And they devote their time and energy to make all of this possible. So what they're doing is saying the object of my worship is God. What I give my worship to what I place of the most highest value in my life is God. And I'm going to come and serve because I want other people to experience what I've experienced. Um, Another opportunity, another thing that you could think about is, okay, next Sunday we're going out for this service day. This service day is going to take your time and your energy to go out and serve other people. So the object of it is is if we worship God, our time and our energy belong to him. And then the last one is we follow our money. And um hear me out on this. I'm not saying we want your money at Connection Church. What I'm saying is Jesus said himself, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and God taught me this uh, uh, very recently through college and, and doing these things. Is like when you followed my receipts and what I spent all of my money to, it pointed nowhere near Jesus. And, and the thing that he's beginning to teach me and beginning to walk through me with is like when people follow our bank accounts and where our money goes, they should be able to see that the object of our worship is Jesus by where our money goes. And, and the thing about it is, is Brandon always uses this, this example. If where our treasure is, our heart will be also. It's the same principle with tithing. It's the same principle of us giving 10% to the church. Because if we understand that there is a string attached from our wallet to our heart, like Jesus says, where our treasure is, our wallet our heart will be also. If there's a string attached, then every time we say, God, I understand that I have been given nothing that I haven't received from you. All of my money belongs to you. And every time I give my 10% to the church, every time I give my first fruits is what the Old Testament would say to God, it's cutting that string from your wallet to your heart and saying, God, You mean the most to me. You are placed at the highest value of my life. And I show that by giving my first money that I got coming in to you. And and hear me, hear me again. I'm not saying we want your money because Connection Church, this is our philosophy. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. And every time you give that money to God, that 10% to God to connect these unbelievers to God, what you do is you cut that heartstring of idolatry of money in your life. And, and the Bible teaches that money is the number one competitor for our hearts. And, and I would completely agree with that. And then the last one that I want to come to is, is if we follow our burdens, our prayers and our questions. And I want to use an example, um, that was really, really cool that happened to me this week. Um, if, If you're a connect group leader, I want you to know that, that I pray for you. That's what I do at the church. If you don't know who I am, my name is Billy, by the way. Sorry, I've already yelled at y'all a little bit. Um, My name is Billy. I work with the small groups at the church and, um, and I want you to know if you're a small group leader that I pray for you a lot. And one of the things that I was praying for you this week on is that God would give you a burden for the people in your group, for their lives to be transformed by the gospel. And I was just I was I was praying through that or whatever and and because really we can tell what the burden of our heart is by the questions we're asking and um and the prayers that we're praying. Really, if you want to follow where your heart is, follow the questions that you ask and the burdens that you have and the prayers that you pray. And I was praying this or whatever, and I was praying, God give them a heart for the people in their group, for their, for their lives to be transformed by the gospel. And I got the opportunity to go eat supper with one of our connect group leaders and and got to hear them share and talk. And one of the things they were talking about is they wanted, they wanted to do life together with their connect group. They talked about how they wanted to They wanted to go deeper. They wanted their connect group to have this sense of trust They wanted their connect group to be able to talk about things other than hunting fishing and all these surface level things They wanted to share life together They wanted to know what god was doing in their life and what god was doing in the other people's lives in their group And another example So two days after that I get an email from another one of my connect group leaders power of prayer obviously is what i'm getting to and um one of our leaders, she she emails me and and she sends me a letter, and man, she is just pouring out her heart of her frustration of, you know, she can't get get people in her group to be consistent with their attendance. She can't get people in her group to um, be focused when they get there, and and basically just pouring out how bad she wanted the girls in her group to to get it and to to. to have their lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and just to see her heart be poured out to me, I know where her heart lies. By hearing the questions that she's asking, by hearing the prayers that she's praying, by hearing how she talks, I know exactly where her heart is. And what I want you to know is that if you follow your time, your energy, your money, your burdens, your prayers, and the questions you ask, it'll point you directly to your object of worship and what you worship. So I don't know, and and hear me, I'm not saying this either. I'm not saying, I know a lot of you guys in here work 40, 50 hour weeks at a job. But what I say when I say, follow the questions that you're asking. If the object of your worship is, is God, then the question you'll be asking about your job is how can I use this job in which God has placed me to impact people for the kingdom of God? So so when we understand that the object of our worship is God, everything that has to do with our life is a created thing by the means in which we bring worship to the creator. So think about it in this way, sports. I know I got a lot of sports people in here. If, if you're playing sports, sports is a tool by which you bring glory and worship to the creator. Your job, God's put you there for the purpose of whether you work in a salon, whether you work in a bank office, whether you work in a gym, whether you work, wherever you work, God has put you there for the specific purpose that people see how your life has been impacted by Jesus Christ. And he wants to use you to draw those people to himself. And he is put you there so that you can do that. And, and it's such a cool, it's a cool aspect of, of when we see that everything God has created, everything around us, to be an object of of worship for us, and um, and the last thing is I want to talk about is is why the object of our worship needs to be Jesus. And I want to tell a story that comes from Matthew chapter seven, um, and Jesus begins to explain these two different people, and and the first people, the first person that he explains is. This guy who builds his house, builds the foundation of his life on sand. And then he explains this other guy who builds his foundation on a rock. And then he says, the waves and the winds and the rains and all this stuff comes. And the guy whose house was built on the sand was washed away and destroyed and it fell. And the guy who built his house on the rock... The winds came, the waves came, and it held steady. It held up. And, and then he goes on to say, the people who build their, the foundation of their life upon Jesus, they build their house upon a rock that can never be taken away. And, and that's really the question um, that I want you to ask yourself and, and get to the bottom of is, is, what are you building the foundation of your life upon? And how you can follow that and get to that is follow your time your energy, your money, your prayers, the questions that you're asking. And I really, I really want to show you the core of the problem. And, and we talk about this. This is exactly what we talk about when we say from death to life. The Bible teaches that when we're born, we have a heart. And, and, and obviously, we're alive, right? Heart beating. Um, and this heart desires to worship something and it, and Brandon says all the time 10 out of 10 people are selfish so the core of the problem is is we either have a heart that desires to worship ourselves or either we have a heart that desires to worship God and there's only one thing that can change a heart that desires to worship self and is me-centered and is all about me 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 and and that's what I say when I say a good thing can turn into a bad thing When a good thing can turn into a bad thing when it's put in the wrong place of worship in our life. And, and what I want you to see is that all of our idols of worship, anything that we worship other than God can come back to the idea of making much of ourself. So, so we turn football into a bad thing when we turn football into all about us and we quit seeing it as a, as a thing of which we can glorify God we turn our job into about making money and doing all these things that it does when we turn it into about ourselves and and there's only one thing that can take this heart that is all about me 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 and turn it into a heart that's about god 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 and all it desires to do is everything in its life becomes a means by which they worship god and the one thing that can do that is jesus christ and that's why we need him and and the and the promise of the scripture is is that God transforms lives. He gives a new heart, but what it takes is it takes us coming before him and saying, Lord, I understand that what I'm worshiping is not you. And I understand that, that the object of my worship is not centered on you. And I want it to be, and I want a heart that desires to do that. And God says, when we come before him, Ezekiel 36, he says, I want to give you a new heart a heart in which i've wrote my commands and my decrees upon and and i want that to be you and and here's what i know everybody in here like i said worships something and and this is my own life pouring out into you like i understand i have to take myself through this all the time when i put up these different objects of worship in my life and and i know that everybody in here worships something um and for a long time i claimed that my object of worship and what i worshiped was jesus But if you followed my time, my energy, my money, my prayers, and all those things, it pointed you nowhere near Jesus. So what I want you to see is that God is in the business of giving new hearts. And and this morning, you may know, you may be thinking in your mind, like I could follow my time, my energy, and my money, and it points me nowhere near God. And what I want you to do is I want you to see that the core of the problem is not Changing this, 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 and this, but it's saying, "God, give me a heart that desires to bring you worship," and 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 really, God wants to do that, and and He may have your heart beating a hundred miles an hour right now, but what I want you to know is that that's available to you this morning. That's why we do what we do is because we want to see people worship the God of the universe and take that out to a hundred different places in, in Statesboro and Bullock County. And, and whether we work at Walmart or a bank, we have people in there that are worshiping God and bringing people to Jesus to worship him. So, so this morning, if you realize that that the object of your worship is not Jesus, then it is available to you. And I want to pray for you real quick, and then we're going to open up this altar for for you to come and pray.